Hello and welcome to the Night In On Negotiation podcast. My philosophy is that you cannot change the person you are negotiating with, but you can change you to get better outcomes. In this podcast, you will find interviews, speeches, and lectures, all pertaining to negotiating complex supply chain contracts. This material is based on my four books and is appropriate for both buy and sell side folks. For more information and free resources, visit www.jnyden.com. Enjoy. This particular webinar is based on my book, Getting to E. We'll be talking about how to manage opportunism in your customer-supplier relationships by being aware of the six guiding principles. What's in it for we? This is a new negotiation paradigm shift. And what's in it for we is the fundamental premise of getting to we, developing a highly collaborative relationship. Now, what does collaboration mean? Collaboration is close and functionally interdependent customer-supplier relationship. Close and functionally interdependent. That means that teams, departments, or entire organizations strive to create a mutually beneficial outcome for all the participants. So this isn't just for the benefit of the customer, but it's also for the benefit of the supplier. And in my own practice, I've seen suppliers and customers team up to go after market share together. To be truly collaborative, though, you need trust, empathy, and cooperation. Most people just really focus on the cooperation. The six guiding principles outlined in my book, Getting to E, help customer-supplier teams develop collaboration, trust, empathy, and cooperation. I am Jeanette Nyden. For those of you who don't know, I am the author and or co-author of three books, including Getting to E, The Vested Outsourcing Manual and Negotiation Rules. I work with contract professionals on the buy side and on the sales side. I provide tactical, customized contract negotiation and contract management training, coaching, and mentoring. Trust is the core quality of any collaborative partnership. Trust lowers transaction costs, fosters innovation, and provides the necessary space for flexibility and agility, which we all need to manage the challenges of today's business markets. So this quote from Getting To We is, partners also trust one another, when neither side has a reason to expect that it will be taken advantage of, and whenever possible, it will even do things that advance the other's interests. Now, this is very interesting because if trust is the core quality, then opportunism, the expectation that I will be taken advantage of, is the other side of the coin. And these two concepts, trust and opportunism, are opposing forces that are always fighting for the negotiator's attention. Every negotiator understands the importance of being trustworthy, yet every negotiator, myself included, has at one point in time doubted the trustworthiness of his or her counterpart. And those doubts come from lessons learned as we have been taken, to, taken advantage of by our counterparts and lost our trust at some point in time. Opportunism was described by Oliver Williamson, a Nobel Prize winning economist. He and his colleagues defined opportunism as self-interest seeking with guile. Self-interest seeking with guile. Basically, how I describe it when I talk to my clients is 
the supplier or the customer can take advantage of its partner because it can, because it has the upper hand somehow, but yet it's not being overt in how it's taking advantage of its partner. Opportunism in today's pressured environments can be very attractive to decision makers who are expected to continually improve results. So opportunistic behavior can come from from decisions of an individual or from the entire corporation through policy. For an individual, a manager under pressure to improve his or her bottom line can take advantage of a supplier in some way. Um, I've seen this happen in not revealing certain information from a customer to a supplier that will impact the supplier's bottom line, staffing, divesting of um, the division, et cetera, things like that. And in the suppliers, I've seen it in not being forthright in about the scope of work. So there could be change orders and pricing um, in bonuses and in other sorts of things around penalties and written in such a way that the supplier is always going to come out on top. In the case of a corporate policy around opportunism, it can take advantage of its partner, customer, supplier in different ways. One example is where powerful customers push out payment terms past 60 days to 90 days, uh, creating an, an another carrying cost, another 30 days of carrying cost on capital. So those are the ways in which negotiators have to be on their toes all the time to look for opportunism and to combat opportunism. My client and I talked a lot about how do we reorganize the relationship so there can be trust, empathy, and cooperation. And then my colleague David Fringlinger and I, based on a lot of collaborative research, determined that there are six guiding principles for all highly collaborative relationships. That research, I will show you at the end, a link to where you can get our scholarly white paper on collaboration. So let's talk about the six guiding principles one by one. Reciprocity. Reciprocity is the obligation to make fair and balanced exchanges. And we all understand what that is. Uh, our kids understand what it is. If one party commits to invest time and money on an important project, then the other party must be prepared to reciprocate. And this is really where we want to see customers and suppliers in continuous improvement working together and not just making it the supplier's problem, but that the customer is also managing its change management initiative. In our book, we have examples of ways that you can write the principles of reciprocity that you can use in order to inform the team up and down about what it means to have reciprocity in this relationship, in this highly collaborative relationship. Now, autonomy is an interesting um, principle because it means abstaining from using one's power to promote one's self-interest at the expense of the other. That means that we give each other the information we need to make wise decisions. The supplier and the customer exchange information at all times are transparent so that the customer and the supplier can make wise decisions for its own business interest. Again, in the book, we have a, a sample statement of autonomy that you can use to help establish this thoughtfulness around autonomy in your highly collaborative relationship. Okay, honesty. Um, this one's pretty you know, straightforward, but not necessarily uh, commonly embraced. Honesty obliges the parties to tell the truth about facts in the world and about their intentions and experiences. 
Now, where I see dishonesty is in scorecards that have any form of a satisfaction score. So you see, um, I see scores in integrated services agreements that are really punishing the supplier for one act. And it's not really an honest appraisal of the supplier's performance. It's an opinion about a perceived intention on the supplier to not do their job fully. Um, so honesty, we really want to be accurate, fully accurate in our conversations. And this was really a big deal in one of the relationships that I worked on. It's a relationship that we transformed and is described in chapter 10 of the book where the supplier really wanted to urge all of the team members on his team and on the buying side team to be accurate in describing performance in order to help reset a troubled relationship. And again, here is a potential honesty statement that you can use from the book that would help um, establish the sense that we want to separate the facts from people's observations, perceptions, and experiences of the facts, right? So the fact is, is if they did something nine out of 10 times, they did it a nine out of 10 times, you can have an observation that that's terrible and it should be 10 out of 10, or you can have an observation that that's wonderful. So we want to make sure that we understand the fact in scorecards and then we separate that from people's observation. Loyalty is really interesting because this one doesn't say I'm loyal to my boss or I'm loyal to my company. It says that we are loyal to the relationship. Loyalty to the relationship will come when the party's interests are treated as equally important. That means that the supplier's interest is as important as the customer's interest in performing well, doing well, and gaining market share. Again, we have a sample statement for loyalty. And again, we really want to talk about by working together, we acknowledge the relationship and that each party stands the best chance of reaching its vision for the future when we acknowledge that this is a partnership. This is a true partnership. Equity. So equity is interesting. Coming from law, David, my partner on this book, and I come from law, Equity is a great concept in law, and we really started to play with it when we looked at the theory and research. Equity obliges parties to look more critically at the distribution of resources. And it might be easy to split things up 50-50, but that may not be fair. And this whole idea of equity, I have done a lot of research and some writing and some teaching about it coming out of research that has been done in the industry. So this to me is a fascinating conversation. How do we split up the supplier's investments? When a supplier is making what we call an idiosyncratic investment, how do we reimburse that supplier for that? Is it a 50-50? But is that really fair? Again, here is a sample statement that comes from the book on equity. And finally, the sixth guiding principle is integrity. It is consistency in decision-making and in actions. This is so critical because we've all been part of teams, whether it's the negotiation team or the implementation team or transition team between those two, where the decision making has not been consistent and the actions have not been consistent with the decision. So you get the flag syndrome. It blows yes today, it blows no tomorrow, and action would be aligned with no, but the words are yes. Integrity really means that when we're in this highly collaborative relationship, we are consistent in our decision-making process, thoughts, actions, implementations. 
so that we can in fact act in the best interest of the relationship. And again, here's a sample statement from our book on integrity that you can use to help establish the principle of integrity in your relationships. Okay, if you would like to learn more, I've got the Unpacking Collaborative Theory white paper that David and I wrote. It is chock full of what I think is really interesting and compelling theory on business and governmental collaboration theory, research and writing from 100 years or more. And then obviously more of it is in our book, Getting to We. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time, energy and effort in listening to today's learning lesson.